0: To start winning.
1: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich was at the combine today. He met with the media. And we wanted to kind of look at this video. We did one earlier on Chris Ballard's. We had a little bit more thoughts on it. We had actually watched it and stuff. Frank Reich's came out a little bit later on. So we haven't been able to fully watch his interview. So we're going to do that and kind of stop after each question and, and kind of just discuss his answers about certain questions. So without further ado, let's hop into it, guys. Let's look at Frank Reich's press conference here talking about player evaluation at the 2022 NFL Combine, and so much more. Here we go.
2: Good to see everybody in person, right? Um, great great week in Indianapolis. Um, really good to have the Combine here again. And um, a lot of, good to see people face-to-face, uh, the coaches, players, all, all, all really good mojo. So um, really hats off to Indianapolis again and the Combine and, and how we do things here. Um, looking forward, Looking forward to this process, right? This is a part of the year that you really start thinking about how we're going to get better. Um, It's that next step, you know, every player is important. So this is a big part of the whole deal. So we'll dig in deep and and get going for this year. Open it up. Um, Yeah, everyone, every staff on the spot is so critically important. So really excited about, you know, adding some of those guys, Mike Mitchell, who I was here, you know, was here with us in 2018, really brings a presence a leadership, a toughness, mental and physical toughness, um, savvy veteran guy who understands the game, the little game within the game. that's what I was really looking for in that position. Somebody who understands the game within the game can connect with players at a deep level like that. Cato June, you know, obviously I wasn't here when he was here before, but I'm really excited about him. Um Got to know him a little bit, did an internship with us. Uh, very smart guy, uh, our kind of guy. So, And then obviously the whole defensive staff has really come together quite well and excited about it.
1: Yeah, I assume the question was talking about some of the new hires, especially on the defensive side.
0: And, yeah, I mean, I thought it was very interesting that he brought up Cato June and Mike Mitchell specifically, you know, talking about former players for Indianapolis that – understand the game within the game and how to connect with players in a sort of way. I mean, we all know that's Frank Reich's philosophy, right? Connecting with players, learning about the game within the game. You know, he talked about the process of it all. And Mike Mitchell uh, was on the team just a few short years ago, and he knew Mike Mitchell very well. And obviously, Cato June, not a ton of experience, but was a guy that was coaching in college, does a very good job of, you know, uh, getting involved with the players. So it's really good to hear him talk like that. You mean, it sounds like Mike Mitchell was somebody that Frank Reich really wanted in that uh, position because of who Mike Mitchell was and what he represented as a Cole.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to see that. And, you know, there's been talks around Reggie Wayne potentially coming in and being the wide receivers coach. I think it just speaks so much, man, to just having players who get it. You know, former players, you know, as a player, I mean, like, that, that's the best thing in the world, to have guys who are in the trenches, guys who understand, who played that position, and also guys who are pretty darn good at doing it, too. Um, that certainly is a help thing. You know, something that's interesting, you mentioned Mike Mitchell. I can't help but remember, Derek, and I don't know if you remember this, too. 2018, when they brought him in, he really helped Quincy Wilson out quite a bit. Whenever he left after that season, Quincy Wilson kind of went back to his erratic state, you know, so... You know, if he can help a guy like Quincy Wilson, who really never panned out in the league but had a really good year in twenty eighteen, I'm really excited for how that could translate to guys like Rocky Scene, you know, guys like Isaiah Rogers, guys like Kenny Moore, um, to continue to build upon their game, guys who already, you know, are really good players at their position, guys who two guys in rock and Isaiah who both really, really, you know, ascended this last year, see how they could get better. And a guy like Julian Blackman, a guy like Corey Willis, a guy like George Odom. If they bring in another safety, uh, it's just super exciting to get a guy like that that you know has had a positive impact on this locker room before. And Frank Reich, obviously, and Chris Ballard both are very familiar with him. So I love to hear that. And obviously, Cato June was a really, really good linebacker, Super Bowl champion as well. So they got both these two guys who are consummate pros in there. I love to see that, man. Love to see it. All right, let's continue here. Let's jump in. All right, here we go.
2: I think you know. You see, I thought this year, compared to 2020, we kind of got back on track. You know, protected the ball well, um, protected the ball well. You know, made some made some good plays. You know, that again, we we've made a lot of on the positive side. We've emphasized the touchdown to interception ratio was where you want it to be. Um, so it was a good step. It was a good step. It was a good uh, a good step from 2020. So we'll continue to evaluate the process. Um, that's ongoing, right? Right. We know in this business, everybody and everything gets evaluated every year. And the second thing we know about that process is head coach and quarterback are under the most scrutiny. So, um, so yeah, we're in the middle of that process. Um, we also know this: a lot of good. I mean, you know, we're a team that missed the playoffs last year, right? We've we've already kind of been through all that, and the, the you know the disappointment and hurt of that, but also the resolve to get better. So. You know, we know we did a lot of good. Carson did a lot of good. Our team individually and collectively did some good things that we need to build off of and um, and just continue to find those little ways that collectively we can get better to get to the next step. All right. So you can help. You can kind of piece it together a little bit. Frank Reich talking
1: about Carson Wentz's quarterback, talking about the team as a whole. I mean, what are your thoughts, Derek, on just what Frank Reich said? You know, some positive things from a touchdown to interception ratio, pretty good. Um, But then the team as a whole did some good things. But obviously there's some things to clean up as well, because especially at the quarterback position, like Frank Reich said, it's the most heavily scrutinized position in all of sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot to decipher from that specific thing because it kind of went off on a few different points there. But, yeah, I mean, he was right from where Carson was in 2020 to what he was in 2021. Obviously took some good steps to not turning over the football and making some smarter throws and things of that nature, at least from a time standpoint of the touchdown to interception ratio. Just ultimately, like you said, it, it, there has to be a further evaluation. There has to be an understanding of where he's at and whether or not we think we can evaluate him and keep him going in that direction is going to be the thing going forward. And kind of he kind of emphasized a little bit of the point of what Ballard stated was that nobody's off limits when it comes to this. Every offseason, everything gets evaluated. Everything from the coaching staff, the management staff, all the way down to the players and the scheme at which you play. Everything gets evaluated. So, you know, the whole point of, you know, trying to figure out, he said it, that, you know, collectively, this whole team did some really good things last year. It's
1: just that, you know, how do you continue to build on those things is the question. Yeah, going back to Carson Wentz just real fast. I mean, it's great to see him say, you know, obviously he took some steps from 2020. But let's be real, Derek, 2020 was – unmitigated disaster for Carson Wentz. So you would hope that he would be better (laughs) than he (laughs) was in 2020. Doesn't mean he was great. Doesn't mean he's a franchise guy. It just means he took some positive steps. Now the Colts are going to obviously have to determine, you know, did he take enough positive steps where we feel like if he has another year in this system, he can continue to take those positive steps. If they feel like though, he's not going to be able to be their guy for long-term. We could see them make a change. I know there's some other things that Frank Reich's going to talk about when it comes to Carson, so I'll kind of save it for now. But I think that's interesting because, like, well, no doubt, he had a better season than he did in 2020. I mean, it would be hard-pressed if he didn't. I mean, he would be out of the league at that point, right? So, um, all right, let's continue here, guys. Let's continue into the next question.
0: Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning or subject to change. T- terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a pre- state where play through Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You
2: know, you got to Whatever ends up happening, you know, whether it's five and five years or if Carson's back, however, that decision ends up playing out. I mean, you you play the hand that you're dealt and you play winning. You, you just try to play a winning hand, right? I mean, you make the most of everything you have. And, you know, when you're playing that hand, you believe you're going to win that hand. So that that's just the way I feel. I, I believe we got a lot of just to wear out the and We got a lot of good cards in the hand, right? So we just got to play them the right way, add a couple, you know, draw, you know, well, I'm not a poker expert here, do a blind draw or something and, you know, get a, get a few extra cards and then see if we can put together a winning hand. Yeah, stability is ideal. Continuity is ideal. You know, you can grow together. So do you, ha- yeah, so is there is there a side of it that um, you long for that? You know, you hope you can get that, but, um, you know, that that's just the hand we've been dealt so far.
1: All right, thoughts on that. I know it's kind of a two-parter question there, but thoughts on what he's talking about there? Yeah,
0: I mean, talking about, you know, uh, being dealt the hand that you're dealt. And I did kind of listen to this a little bit before, and I know that's kind of foreshadowing to uh, a specific point that we're going to get into here in a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, he's talking about The cards in hand, right? You have some good cards, right? You have Jonathan Taylor, you have that offensive line, you have Darius Leonard, you have DeForest Buckner, you have some of these guys that Ballard has put in place in order for you to compete to where you are at. But it's about adding or withdrawing certain people from that hand in order to be able to make it even better, right? So just again, reiterating, you know, that the Colts are going to look to try to Add some players that will make it better. Withdraw to get rid of some guys that might make this team a little better. Nothing really new there, but it's definitely a change in how they respond in that way. Because I don't, I've never really heard Ballard and Reich so open to a- admitting to withdrawing or adding people from before. You know, I mean, we we kind of saw it in 2020 a little bit uh, when they got Buckner and Rivers and guys like that. But, you know, 2021, we didn't do that. And then all of a sudden, now you're hearing it again. So, you know, we think back to 2020, what did Ballard say in February, right? Ballard said in February, uh, it, I think this locker room is ready for a big-name guy. And that's sure enough what he's done. And now you've heard Ballard and Reich talking about adding and withdrawing some more players again, especially at these key uh, skill positions. you got to wonder how much Ursay has actually been in contact with Ballard and some of these guys about how much that is circulating in the building right
1: now. You got to wonder also if there's like a little bit of a fire on their butt, you know, like their seats getting, it's not hot, but it's getting a little warm. Like Ursa is like, I have expectations. I love you guys. I think you guys are great at what you do, but I have expectations. And if, if you guys aren't going to meet those, I'm going to find someone who does, you know, know? Jim Jim Ursa is a guy. He's a great human. Obviously he's one of the nicest people I think in football, but also he's one of the most demanding and I love that about Jim Mercer. That's why I think it makes him one of the best owners. is because he's a guy that's like, yes, uh, I love football, but he also knows football. He knows what it takes. He's seen teams go, you know, on runs. He's seen a team, an you know, Indianapolis team, come to the Super Bowl. He's seen another team go to the Super Bowl. He's seen teams that have been considered by many uh, the best in the league. So he knows what it takes to win, and that's what I love about Jim Mercer. A lot of owners, you'll notice. Uh, don't really know a whole lot about football, right? right? But Jim is that guy. He knows a lot about football, actually. Um, He's like one of the minority, I think of, of owners who really truly know the game. very. Well, and they, and one of those guys that gets close to the players,
0: right? Yeah. You know, like the, a, a lot of owners don't spend a lot of time with their, their players. Cause they have other, uh, other ways of treating their time and their investment. But se is like you said one of those guys he's one of those guys that truly cares about the people he employs and at the end of the day you know he's he's employing all these players and all these uh, scouts and all these management people so you know he he truly has a heart to heart with these people because that's the people he cares about.
1: Yep. And that's the kind of boss you want to work for a boss who cares about you. You know, you're supported, but also is going to demand the best out of you and demand the best out of your performance. I love that. I personally love that. All right, let's continue here.
2: I think there's a lot of things in the evaluation process, right? How, you know, how he played, how the, every dynamic, right. It's complicated. It's com, or I should say it's complex, there's a, you know, there's no, nobody's an island unto himself. It's the whole picture. So um, I'm actually still, I just went back again two days ago and watched a bunch of film again on him and other players, not just him. And, you know, every time you go back, you see new things, you, you know, good and bad and, and different, you know, you, you go back and look at myself, good and bad and, and in different kinds of fields. So, um, right. The principle is, you know, it'll be Mr. Ursay, Chris and myself continuing, right? We each do our own evaluation and then we circle up together a certain number of times and, you know, and we have really good dialogue. You know, we'll have good, di- we've had some meetings, we'll have more meetings, we'll have good dialogue. I'm sure there will be, uh, not every opinion will be the same, but the one thing that's true, it's always true is that, you know, when you come out of that room, we're all together, right? And, you you know, we believe in each other and we believe in what we're going to do.
1: That was interesting, Um, an interesting comment that Wright just made there because, I mean, I think one thing, Derek, that we we can say here is the Colts are going to make this decision collectively. It's not going to be just one person making that decision. They're all going to come in with their different opinions, whether Frank and and Chris and obviously Jim as well. And I think I love that because, like, I love that group approach, but also, like— ultimately they're going to decide what's best for this organization. I love that Jim Ersay has a lot obviously has a lot of say into that um and wants to see, you know, this team do well. And I love the fact that they're, you know, rallying together. I think that's a great.
0: Yeah, um Ballard mentioned it as well, you know, that they can have differing opinions on how they evaluate these players and their effectiveness and how they affect this team. But at the end of the day, they know that even though they may have disagreements on certain players in that room they know that at the end of the day their goal is to be better their goal is to get the best out of this team at every level and i wish that that would be more of what we as humans would understand right i think that we could all take a lesson from that is that just because you disagree with someone does not mean that that Person is either ill informed or they or they don't know what they're talking about or they're just dumb. It's just the fact that this person has a differing opinion on how it needs to be done. You talk about different ways to get it done, and then you go by uh, go by the book in that way. And, and it was funny because I think Reich uh, was his face kind of lit up at the point of that question uh, about how they decipher Carson and the rest of the talent on this roster. And I think he was waiting for the chance to answer that question. Cause you know, I mean, he's probably like, yeah, I mean, it's nice to feel like the owner, the GM and myself are all kind of connecting on this level to try to find new ways to make this team better. And I certainly hope it keeps going
3: that way.
1: Yeah. He said, no man is an Island. To himself, which I think is really great. Um, You know, that means they're all going to make that decision collectively. You know, it's not going to be like, all right, Frank, figure out the quarterback position. It's like, no, we're going to work together to make this work. That's how you get anything done, right? Like that's how you are productive. That's how you ultimately win a championship is you do that. Now, Obviously, the team has a long way to go to get there. But I think from a leadership standpoint, You can't ask any more from these guys. Um, They're doing it together. They want to do it together. Um, And and I think that's the best approach ultimately because, like you said, everybody's going to have a different opinion. Everybody's going to have a different perspective. Everybody has a different background. And I think that can – honestly, if they work well together, I think that can translate into a really beautiful and a really powerful thing um, when it comes to building a championship team. So I love that. Let's continue.
2: Well, I haven't sat down with Mr. Ursa in a while. I, you know, I know I believe in Carson. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of, big part of that decision to get him here. And so, um, you know, I, I believe he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. That might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. So, you um, but I still believe in the person. I still believe in the player, right? I mean, we're all in progress. You know, I'm in progress. He's in progress. Every one of our players is in progress. Um, You just don't want to get into that trap of taking a snapshot of any one week or one year. Uh, It's a bigger story than that, right? So the storyline is much bigger than one season. Uh, We've always had that perspective and we'll continue to.
1: So that was pretty eye-opening right there, um, what Frank Reich just had to say. I mean, Derek, I mean, my goodness, he, he basically confirmed that Carson could be here or there. You know, like, we don't know yet. They don't know yet. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because, like, you look at the difference from when they had Phillip Rivers, for example, for the one year. Like, they were they were sold on Philip Rivers. Like, they wanted him back. With Carson Wentz, they've been a lot more standoffish, which I think is very interesting and should be noted for sure. I mean, it's the same
0: exact thing that Ballard said in his press availability. It's the same exact, almost the exact same quote in the way that he said it. It's, we're going to evaluate, we think he's a good quarterback, uh, and they think he's going to continue to do great things, whether that be here or whether that not be here. They haven't decided yet. They haven't figured it out. It confirms my earlier analysis that I did in the Ballard availability that said that they are shopping, and whether or not they can successfully shop, that's up to them to decide. That's up to them to figure it out. But at this moment in time, yeah, it's confirmed. I mean, Carson's it's 50-50 at this point. You know, I mean, it's it's gonna be up in the air on whether or not Carson Wentz is gonna be the quarterback of this team going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean You kind of even look at like, you know, for example, Mitchell Trubisky, who is a guy that people are viewing as like a starting quarterback in this league. And you're kind of like, man, you know, maybe we can the Colts could get more out of Carson than we are actually thinking, you know, if Mitchell Trubisky is being viewed as that, could Carson Wentz actually have a little bit more trade value than a lot of people think? I don't know if that's true or not, but I've I've kind of been thinking that, you know, recently, like is that something that could legitimately be that? And also going back to that point, like, you know, what if you have to stick with Carson for one more year because yeah. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or whoever doesn't become available, right? For example, and you have to stick with him, and you then you just destroy his confidence because you basically say, We don't believe him in believe in him, right? That's just not their style. That's not Ballard style, that's not Reich style. They're gonna support their guys a hundred percent until their guys are not on their roster anymore. They'll still support them, obviously. Off of their team, but you know what I mean? Like they'll still support them as a teammate as long as they are repping the horseshoe, as long as they're under contract, they will continue to do that. That's just kind of their style. Right.
4: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I have a very direct answer for that. One thing I've, I've seen over and over again is that once you're once you're if a player is back any generically any player, you play good football and there's nobody questioning anything. Right. I mean, you win games. Can you come back? You be productive. You play good. Um, it play well. Like, excuse me. Um, then you build confidence. In yourself, you build confidence in the team. You build confidence in the fan base real quick in this league. I mean, this this is fickle league in both the bad and the good. So it doesn't take much. You know, we come back next year and we we get off to the right start as a team. You get off to the right start as a player. It, watch, watch how fast everybody thinks, you know, things are going great. So that's a good, that can be a good thing.
0: Calling out, uh, calling out Colts' Twitter and fan bases in general there. Uh, just watch, watch the tables turn when a guy actually does do well, right? It's the same way with anyone in this league. You, you do bad, they turn on you real freaking quick. You do really <laughs> well, they immediately love you and they want you back. So he's right. He's kind of throwing some shade there at the, again, the armchair GMs uh, out there in the world
1: hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: you know, I don't think so. I mean, I think Carson has matured over the years. I've talked with, I've talked with him several times, talked with him today. Um, you know, he was he was out west last week, you know, doing doing work. And, you know, so our conversation has been without getting into total details is he 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 knows what's going on. He knows the evaluation process that it's not just him, but everybody. And so really what's been said is, hey, here's what we do. We think positively. You can only assume the best, believe the best, think the best, act like act the best, and um, in this business, until we're told different. You know, I'm the, that's just the way you approach it. You believe in yourself, you believe in the process, you believe in your team, you believe in your teammates, and you keep moving forward until until you're given uh, until you're given notice otherwise, and and you believe the best
1: until you're proven otherwise. Interesting.
0: Very interesting. Uh, I kind of like that mindset, though. You know, I mean, it's, it's what this is an industry that you need to have that mindset in order to succeed in this industry. Because if you don't, it will eat you alive so fast being negative all the freaking time. Right. And that's that's the attitude you need to have is you can't be like what social media does after a bad season and just say, throw it all out. Right, it's it, You have to be better than that. And that's what Reich and this uh, crew has done, where they are looking on the positive side of things and looking to find ways to improve on those positives. And I, I know that a lot of people that watch this show or watch uh, anything else in general will still find ways to say, that's just BS, we, we need to be mad. Well, you can continue to be mad, but this group right here is you know, including Carson Wentz and everything else needs to continue to move in a positive direction rather than going backwards.
1: You know, it's so funny to me because like, if you throw out, obviously you threw out the last two weeks of the season, I mean, those were big weeks. Those were very telling, but you know what I mean? Like if you would have told me a couple weeks before that, like to ask fans how they're feeling about the team, people would have been ecstatic. Like people would have said, this team's going in the right direction. We're so excited for where this team's headed. You know, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, they're fantastic. We love it. Um, Carson Wentz is looking good. You know, we're feeling really good about where we're at right now as a team. It's funny how two weeks can completely change the narrative on a season and completely like cancel out all the good that this team did. Now, obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. You know, we talked about this. That's not good enough. You got to figure some things out. You got to change some things. But there is, there was a lot of good. You know, there really was a lot of good that happened this season. A lot of guys who grew um, into different roles, you know, and, and a lot of good stuff. To, so I, I agree with you. I like that mindset. I think it's just a good mindset for life, too. You know, like um, you're not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to have seasons or in your life that that go the way you want them to go. But I think the important thing is to not tear it all down, you know. But to build on the good things, continue to build on the good things. Obviously, you evaluate, you grow, um, you, you cut out things that aren't good, and you replace them with better things, just like you do with a roster. But overall, in the philosophy of life, I think that's a great mindset to have. I hope that everybody can have that mindset because, I mean, I think the things that they're saying are really, really good uh, for obviously building a, a roster, but also just in life in general. So. Yes. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, have not uh, not a lot of thoughts, uh, not a lot of thoughts yet, Kevin, um, you know, watched a little bit, done a little bit of homework, you know, coming in, I, you know, with the defensive staff hiring that that's been basically a full time job for about the better part of two and a half weeks. Um, so I've had a little chance to dive in on some tape, but um, we'll, we'll look forward to getting into that as we go. Yeah, I mean, I think it is what I think that's just the way uh, that's just the way it played out. You know, we're you know, we didn't finish the season the way we we, the way we should have. All of us, you know, every one of us, players and coaches. So if we finish the season the way we're supposed to, um, we're probably not having this discussion. But that's just we we have to take ownership of it. I do as the coach. Um, Every player has to, you know, I said head coach and quarterback are under the most scrutiny. So we, we live with that and move forward. um i mean that would cer- certainly certainly seemed like a logical uh that certainly seems logical but i can tell you like i haven't had that specific con- you know conversation with chris our conversations that we've had are more about you know just evaluating our team evaluating our players uh it's like when when we go into a game week by week you know chris and i might have a discussion we'll talk about the team we're playing He'll he'll give me some thoughts he has about some of their players and and how we might attack them and what we'll, we'll have these conversations. But when it comes to playing the game, I'll call the plays up and I'll do that stuff. When it comes to the roster moves, Chris and I talk a lot. but I don't try to nitpick and try to get in. Hey, what, what are you, you know, what's your next step? What's your next phone call? I, you know, Chris is one of the best in the league, you know? So um, how, when those decisions are made and the timing of those, uh, you know, we collaborate on everything as we go, but he's in charge of that stuff and I'll follow his lead.
0: All right, stating that each man does their job, their job specifically. You have input, but each person at the end of the day has their their decision to make. I mean, Reich sticks to the game plan, and Ballard sticks to roster moves. So I hate to throw it back on the Wentz thing, but that's what it always seems to come back to. Again, Reich can state it, and Reich has stated in multiple times that he has been in support of Carson Wentz being the quarterback here going forward. But again, if Ballard believes that there's a better option out there,
1: And I like that they have the mutual respect for each other to trust their judgment, you know, to be like, look, I trust that, you know, you're hired to do your job and you're going to do it well. Um, And I like that, that obviously Chris does that as well. um, And they trust each other in that department Um, and they obviously can offer input, but at the end of the day, they're professionals and they trust each other's judgment. I love that.
2: Yeah. I mean, if Reggie, I mean a lot, I've been talking to Reggie about possibly, you know, getting on staff for four years. I mean, Reggie is a guy who I have the utmost respect for. Um, I'm just a big believer in him as a person and as a, as a competitor, right. As a competitor, as a winner. And so if we can get that all locked up, it'll be, I think it'll be a big deal. I think it, it hurts losing coach grow. You know, we, we did what we did. Coach grow wanted to make a move. We allowed him to, make that move for for some personal reasons that were, were good for his family. And, um, but I'm excited about the prospect that, you know, we take that final step with someone like Reggie and I think he'll bring, he'll bring a lot, not only to the individual receivers there about how to play the position, but also um, but also just a mentality that championship mentality that we want to have to go forward.
1: Again, going back to that championship mentality, again, you bring in another Super Bowl champion, you know, a guy that Ring of Honor guy, potential Hall of Famer guy, like you bring in these guys. I mean, it's going to change your locker room. It's going to change your team. I mean, like you bring in Kato June, who was an all pro linebacker. You know, you bring in Mike Mitchell, who definitely ha- had his accolades as well. And you bring in Reggie Wayne, who is arguably the best receiver, him and Marvin Harrison right there as the best receivers in franchise history. Can you imagine? The Colts have struggled so much with their wide receivers over the years, the last you know decade, really. Um, they have one guy that really seems to like do well, and then the other guys just don't really support well. Um, I don't know what the deal has been, but you never really have seen that. So how great, Derek, how incredible would it be to get the legend Reggie Wayne as your wide receivers coach? I mean, I think that would attract free agents and players to want to come to Indianapolis to just be coached by him.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a process to that. Uh, I'm not sure if if he states this specifically or not, but I think it goes back to it. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. He's been trying to get him on the roster or on the staff for so many years now. I really hope that they actually are able to go through with it. And I hope that Reggie Wayne actually wants to do it. Um, they, we have talked about it a little bit, but I think it's kind of been under the radar a couple times with how people view this roster. This is a young roster at every, almost every position, okay? And with that young roster comes guys who are who are got a lot of fire in them, and we know this team does. It definitely does. But the problem with a young team, and especially a team that has not been anywhere, your problem is is you don't understand a lot of times what that means to get to have championship pedigree and know what it means to have a championship mentality. My my thing is, and it's no knock on the Indianapolis Colts players because it's not their fault. They you don't know what champ the championship mentality is like until you've been there. You don't know it. You don't know it unless you've been it and you've experienced it and you did what it took to get there. And right now this team does not have a championship mentality. If it did, we would not be in the situation that we're in right now. So you're bringing it. And then people were asked, why, why are you bringing in these assistant coaches? Why are you bringing these assistant coaches in who have no experience coaching in the NFL? Well, well, he, I don't know if he's gonna bring this point up but I'll say it again he's the whole point of it is to have that championship pedigree guys who have been there guys who know what it's what it takes to become an NFL champion they may their playing days are over but they know what it took they understand what it takes and they know how to get that out of people especially when they were former players. So that's how you get it, is you can connect with your guys on a personal level to be able to get more out of them than what they previously thought they had, which is why you make a move like uh, trying to get Reggie Wayne, which is why they went and got Cato June, which is why they went and got Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell may not have been uh, much of a Super Bowl champion, but he still has those accolades. He's been around the league for a long, long time. So, you know, it's one of those things where – adding a guy like Reggie Wayne as well. You said it probably the second best wide receiver in the history of this franchise, you know, his presence alone leaves you in the, okay, I have to get to know this guy. I have to understand him because this is a guy that's respected in Colts nation tenfold compared to most other guys that have ever come through. So it'd be important. It'd be very, very important. And if they can get that done, the assistant coaching positions for us is going to be great for time to
4: come.
2: Yeah, it's a big, it is a big step, There's and there's a lot to learn, and he knows that. And um, he knows that, but he's a guy who's willing to put in the work. I know that. He knows that. We'll support him. But, you know, the thing when you make a decision like that, you say, why would you bring your guys that got no coaching experience? Because those, those, some of those little – like not to minimize those, but you can learn those. But, yeah, he, he has an upside into what he can bring to our team. That, that That's what you bet on. You bet on that upside that he can bring. you
4: guys had a So how much did you know about before that process?
2: I'd never met Gus before, but I knew a ton about him just because of my relationship with Nick Seriani and Philip Rivers, who were with Gus at length. And, and – uh, I used to kid those guys that I used to get jealous how much they used to talk about Gus, you know, about what a great person and what a great coach he is. So, um, and I've seen that in a couple of weeks we've been together. This is a guy who totally fits our culture. I think he's going to bring a dynamic to our defense that is going to help us elevate. I think we've played some really good defensive football over the last four years, um, and I'm, I'm expecting that we'll continue to get better.
1: So how can the Colts get better, Derek, from what he was saying? So we play some good football, but I think we think it can take us to the next level. How can they get better?
0: Well, I think it, it comes down to finishing games, right? That's what we've been saying is one of the major issues was, you know, and Matt Eberflus, we, we always said that his defense and the way that we run our, our defense, it, it creates a lot of turnovers. It does. It creates a lot of turnovers. I'm sure that's not going to change because we've got players like that. But the ultimate issue is, again, being able to get more consistent pressure on the passer and being able to finish games late in in games because that's been the big issue, right? Is putting our guys in position to be able to get that more consistent pressure throughout the game and especially in the fourth quarter, and that will help you to hold on to those leads that you hope to build going in throughout the season.
2: So Nick did a phenomenal job, not a surprise, great coach, great ability, great offensive mind, great ability to connect with with players, but still have a conviction and a belief about what's right and what's wrong and, and how you're going to win. Um, so he did a great job, you know, and the testament of that is, you know, getting off to a slow start and being able to keep things under control and get it turned around. So talk to him, you know, probably more by text, than you know, maybe talk to him once a month, write text once a week. Um, you know, but really close with Nick. Real quick note on that,
0: actually. Um, I just think that I think that I, I give major props to Nick Sirianni. I know he's not with the Colts anymore, but you know, I, I talked with our buddy RB who does a Philly podcast, and you know, he asked me a little bit about Sirianni, you know, what to expect going forward. And, you know, I mean, he, amongst other uh, Philly fans, were skeptical, you know, because we just didn't know what to expect out of him. Uh, obviously, the Philly media just absolutely roasted him right off the top without even giving him a chance to even do anything yet. And, you know, he took him to the playoffs and, you know, the odds were stacked against him a lot that year. But he he definitely has given that team a,
2: a better uh, onlook going forward. I you mean, know, I make no bones. I've learned a lot. I've, I've coached with Nick for six years, and you know, I tell Nick all the time, you know, he'll, you know, that I learned a lot coaching with Nick. You know, he's a good football coach, good person. Um, so, you know, we we had a lot of great offensive sessions talking about how to attack defenses. What do you do in the passing game? Um, I think that would that's been a two way street, and really respect Nick in from that regard. Yeah, really, like you said, Zach, really excited about those three players you know, three big time playmakers that you mentioned there, you know, in those guys. I do think we have other playmakers, but of course we're no doubt trying to add pieces, add weapons, add players, right? That that's this time of year. That's what everybody's so excited about now. You know, um, who's gonna be who's gonna be the next, you know, uh Naheem Hines drafted, you know, in the fourth round, or or the Jonathan Taylor or Pittman or, you know, or whatever the position may be, a, a secondary player, a tight end, a, a receiver, you know, what, playmaker. And when, when we start talking about playmaking, we talk about defense, defensive line, lineback, we talk about everybody's a playmaker in some regard. But as far as skill guy goes, skilled players go, no doubt looking to continue to grow the room, make it very competitive. I do think we got some young guys who, who have some upside, who, you know, given the opportunity, given another year, I expect one or more of those guys to really, by the end of the season, be like, oh, wow. That, we didn't even realize we have it. That's what I'm really. That's what I'm hoping happens. That there's at least one guy in that group that right now nobody's thinking is going to be a guy, and they become a legit guy.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, that kind of mirrors what Ballard was saying, I think, in his presser as well. You know how the Colts are going to obviously be looking to add weapons. Now it's interesting that he did mention also like you know, defensive players too, like not just skill positions. He said, we're going to be looking everywhere um, to add weapons. So it makes me think that no position is off limits for this team to add to and add competition to. Um, Now, obviously, Ballard only talked about his pressure about defensive line. You know, Frank just mentioned it, but um, I do think the Colts are going to do something in defensive line to really add competition. I don't know why I just get that feeling, but like it's obvious that the Colts don't feel good with where they currently are at. At defensive line fully
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh i I even think chris ballard was probably thinking that they were going to get more out of their defensive linemen than what they originally showed so maybe that's a a wake-up call for him uh i hate that they both did not mention free agency they mentioned adding guys but they always refer to the draft you ever notice that Especially what Wright just did there. Always talking about the draft, right? Not mentioning the the free agency thing. I swear to God, if we do not do something in free agency to affect any of these positions, I'll throw a fit. I'll throw a freaking fit if they're going to go back to the same old fiddle of going through the draft. I know Ballard can do it. I know Ballard does a great job at it. But if we do not change something with this free agent group, I'm going to be pissed.
2: yeah it's it's hard work you know but it's work that i really like there's a lot of good people and a lot of good coaches out there so um you know i get excited when other guys get opportunities that that they dreamed about getting um and happy for them and happy to play the small role in some of that but also know that these guys have earned everything they have on their own right by what they do but i kind of like the challenge of Um, of finding the next thing. You know, like on defense, this is a whole new shift. I mean, in some ways, there will be some carryover to what we do and how we play um, and some philosophy and some mentality. But it's also a chance for a fresh start. As much as I respect Fluce, and you guys know how much I respect him, and he earned everything that he got. But I I just think, you know, this will be a great opportunity for Gus to come in here with the defensive staff and bring a slightly different twist and how to use our defensive players to, to really elevate us, hopefully, to a top-five defense.
1: Did you catch it, Derek, at the end there?
2: Top-five defense.
1: Top-five defense is what they're going for. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Derek, let's just call what it is. Frank Greg gets his guy. He finally gets his guy when it comes to his defensive guy. You remember Frank Reich wasn't here when Matt Eberflus was here. Matt Eberflus was actually in Indianapolis before Frank Reich yeah. was hired on as the head coach. So Frank Reich finally gets his guy defensively and now he finally gets to, you know, kind of have his compliment right? To on the defensive side. So um I'm excited man. I'm excited for what uh, that could potentially mean for this defense. Um it's kind of weird like, you know, Frank Reich obviously You gave props to Matt Eberflus and everything, but I think he was kind of on the same wavelength as like we've been. Like we liked Matt Eberflus. We think he deserved to get a head coaching job. But also like we thought it was time for a little bit of a change and we're okay with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're right. It's talking about, you know, his guy now, you know, he had a lot more input on how that decision went down. And, you know, I'll just speak in general terms of everything here. I mean, the, 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 I know the end of the season fatigue is still kind of there for a couple of them, but the the attitude in which these two are speaking, sp- referring to Reich and Ballard, definitely sounds a lot more enthusiastic and a lot more upbeat than what it was just three weeks ago. So it, it sounds like whatever Ursay has been talking with them about, it certainly sounds like there will be some stuff that's going to go down for Indianapolis this off season, And I, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens here.
1: Yes. And they have a lot of avenues, you know, in terms of cap space, in terms of not as much draft capital, they still have some draft capital and they got to make a decision on quarterback. There's going to be a lot of dominoes that are about to fall here in the next couple of weeks. I am so excited for this. This could honestly, Derek, another 20, uh, what was it? The, the 2020 off season was pretty crazy. Um, this, I feel like this could be the craziest off season we've seen from the in a while. Oh, and yeah. that's saying something, you know, like, because they've, they've had a couple off seasons where they've made some moves. Like even 2017, they made some moves after that 2017 season where they were really bad. Ballard's really first, uh, year as GM, they made some moves. They were actually pretty, um, active in free agency. I could see them being a little bit more active here. Maybe not as many like quantity or as many quantity guys, but maybe more quality guys. Absolutely. I can see that potentially being the thing because they've even talked about, you know, before, even before the season, Ballard said, you know, we'll add guys to our roster, you know, who feel like we feel like put us over the top, you know, and I think this could finally be the off season where Jim Mercer like, all right, Chris, you said this. Now it's time to actually do it, you know, do it, get some guys that can legitimately help our team take it to the next level. I'm just going to say this. If the Colts want to get to a top five defense, they got to get a pass rush. Yeah, got you, have you have to, you, you have, have to, to. There's they have to,
0: it just, the way it is right now, it's just not going to cut it. I mean, it, 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 might improve, but it's not going to be anywhere amongst the top uh, with the group that it has uh, currently. So you have to find someone. And again, I mentioned Chandler Jones, please, for the love of God, uh, Lawrence <laughs> Lawrence's film room got me even more hyped on that. Oh, man, <laughs> so, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. It's going to be a fun offseason, hopefully. Hopefully, we're not as angry as we were last offseason. And if we are, heads are going to roll, bro. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, for
0: real. People will not enjoy this podcast if if we're acting like that, dude. I promise.
1: We'll go go back to, like, zero subscribers. It'll be great. (laughs) All right, guys, that'll do it for our look here at Frank Reich's combine presser. Let us know your thoughts on everything that he, we looked at, everything that he discussed, and anything maybe we did we didn't talk about that you would want to discuss as well. Thank you, guys, so much for tuning in. As always, guys, go Colts.